0: You're listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network.
1: Welcome back on the Oz Network for movie number seven, is this? I believe Uh, so. Seven of our nine best picture uh, Oscar recap reviews, whatever you want to call it. Uh, We're getting close to the end here, and uh, we're going to talk about The Shape of Water, the front runner for best picture at this point. At least that's the way it's looking. Directed by Guillermo del Toro. Front runner for best director the way it's looking so far a movie i already covered almost two months ago and have just been waiting for anybody else to see it so i can discuss maybe two scenes in this movie that we will talk about by the end of this my name is colin and i thought we'd be done with this after phantom thread but egg
0: hard-boiled egg <laughs> and my name is ben and i would say take better care of your teeth and fuck a lot more uh, any quote from the movie or just that oh so sorry quite i was quoting the movie i thought you just wanted to find out what's happening in my life but uh, no yeah, no i've got none <laughs> uh
1: so here this is gonna be a fun one because i've already bought this movie uh but yet there were a couple of things that i said in the original review i really disliked in this movie just some directions they took and we'll get to that more on the end but i'm also just curious because i think this is one of these movies that A lot of people are going to be divided on. I'm starting to see if there's anything that's going to upset in the Oscars. Uh, I'm starting to see maybe a little bit of backlash against this movie now that it's getting closer, which could be just your generic backlash of whatever movie is kind of the runaway hit. Um, But there's definitely some stuff in here that some people will probably love and some people will hate. And I'm kind of interested to hear your opinion. So... Uh, what did you think of The Shape of Water? Uh,
0: it was just such a unique movie. Um, and again, I, as I mentioned at the end of last episode, I, I just went into this blind, not really knowing a lot about it. I knew, obviously, that it was up for, what, 13 awards, 13 Oscars, you know, one of the front rows, all this sort of stuff. So I, I, I never watched a trailer. I never really saw anything for it. But, um, I actually really enjoyed it. I just thought it was kind of a unique, um, film, and it was just interesting. Um, one thing I want to say, though, and the fact that it is unique and uh, interesting, can I just also point out this film is kind of like a modern Free Willy, uh, but if Free Willy what? was a little creepier.
1: Uh, yeah a lot let's just think
0: about the fact that if uh is it jesse in free willie like uh you know liked oh. willie a little bit more and <laughs> that sounds so wrong on so many levels but just uh you know to me i was getting a lot of free willie flashbacks in this movie on on many different levels i don't know what that says about me but uh i enjoyed the film yeah i thought it was great
1: it's it's a completely unique movie. You know, we talked about Dunkirk and Get Out both being completely unique movies. This is totally different. I mean, Dunkirk's unique just in the way it's presented. Uh, Get Out's unique just in that it's it's way better than it should be, and it's just completely crazy. This is, I guess, kind of combining a lot of uh, maybe like classic monster movies um, with a little bit of, friendship and more than friendship love story stuff, <laughs> uh, and plus the whole Cold War setting. I mean, what I really liked about this movie was kind of the gothic setting of a fairy tale because this movie is, way more than I expected, basically a fairy tale, but yet is presented in such a dark way and it's at times extremely violent and unsettling. Uh, there's a few moments kind of of action here, which I thought were some of the best things in the movie, but the one thing I will say is that when I did buy this, uh, and I did, you can confirm that, right?
0: Yes, you did. You definitely did. I can see it in front of me.
1: Yeah. So when I bought this back in January, I remember the time thinking, as soon as I posted the episode, I'm like, I probably should have rented that movie because I don't think I'm really gonna, you know, be dying to see this again. But like two months later, I wouldn't mind watching this movie again. And even some of the the really weird scenes that we'll talk about in a bit, you know, I look back on them like I can remember it. And I, I said this from you know day one of us covering these movies that I always sort of look for that movie that just has those handful of scenes that I'll remember forever. And I think this movie has a ton of those, not to mention probably the best – I'm not going to say the best overall cast, but the best cast of characters. Like the writing in this movie is fantastic. The actors all do a great job. And there isn't a bad character in this movie. Even like the very minor characters are so much more interesting than even the ones we see in Get Out.
0: Even Morgan Kelly as Pie Guy – uh I'm looking oh, here at the Oh, my favorite credits. one <laughs> um yeah I agree with everything you said and the thing to compare this yesterday to uh phantom thread uh while I'm like falling asleep with that one and wishing you know that death would slowly become of me um this one it's like just it's so entertaining like I just I was like oh the movie's over like it it goes by so quickly and this is definitely a movie that I would watch again and Um, the acting, just everything about it, was great. I mean, I really know not a whole lot about Sally Hawkins. Um, and what she says about like one, well, she says one song in this film. Spoiler alert, if that's spoiler, not really. She's mute. Um, so yeah, I mean, she's great, and not just because I saw her naked either. I'm not going to turn into Jamie here all (laughs) of a sudden. I mean that was that was a bonus, but um, yeah, I mean, just so so good. Um, I, can I just point out that I think I'm, I'm replacing my fandom of Kevin Spacey, because we all should, because he's a horrible human being, apparently, um, with that of Michael Shannon, because, um, Uh after we obviously did Man of Steel, um, you know, I'm like, oh, yep, cool. And I don't know if you've been watching the the TV series Waco that's, um, on, uh, but he's in that and he's just so good. Um and just he's so good in this. Uh, so yeah, I think my Kevin Spacey fan is switching over to my Michael Shannon fan. So please don't let there be any allegations coming out soon, because then I've got a bad track record. But yeah, I agree with everything he said. Even uh Doug Jones as Amphibian Man, the asset. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> you know because we see his face.
1: He's kind of like this is a specialty, I guess. I, I mentioned the other episode. He's like kind of like Andy Circus with makeup in that instead of Andy Circus always just playing these uh computer generated characters Doug Jones is always the guy in makeup like I think he did Pan's Labyrinth for Guillermo del Toro um he was in the the Star Trek show which Jamie and I were probably a big fan of him and nothing else about Star Trek Discovery <laughs> but he he has a way of really showing a lot of emotion without you being able to see his face and it's just through like body movements and everything uh and he's kind of one of the stars of the movie I mean it's it's a major character that Guillermo del Toro was able to build from a guy that's basically a sea creature yeah and then some of the other ones like uh, octavia spencer which i said in my original view I- i'm not critical of her i'm just sort of critical that if she's in a movie it's like meryl streep they just nominate her like last year she got nominated for best supporting actress for hidden figures and i don't know if you ever saw hidden figures but of like all the stars of that movie she's in it the least i mean i, I could probably count single digits as the amount of minutes she's in that movie and she got an oscar nomination but like here in this one i thought that she was fantastic and uh Michael Stolberg, who plays the, uh, I guess you could call him the spy in this movie. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm seeing him pop up in a lot of movies here. I mean, he's in three of the nine Best Picture-nominated movies. He's in Call Me By Your Name, he's in The Post, and he's in this. And he's one of these actors that, for a couple of years now, ever since he did um, uh, the Coen Brothers movie, trying to remember uh, what it was called now, um, Serious Man, I think, Uh I just love, like, everything. He he always has these small roles in everything, and you know, he's... He, I think he's finally starting to get some attention, but let's talk about my favorite in this movie, Richard Jenkins, not who's yet. not on the West Wing, who is nice. from Six Feet Under, as yes. we learned.
0: And Step Brothers.
1: Uh, <laughs> and Step Brothers. There's something about Mary. Yes. Um, like he's, he's, he's in all comedies. <laughs> yeah, but he's such an incredible presence in this movie. I mean, that's all I could really say is that he has a presence in this movie, and... I think one of my complaints we'll talk about a bit is that a lot of the plot of this movie is about um, – what's her name? Uh, Sally Hawkins' character. I already
0: Eliza. Eliza.
1: Eliza, yeah. About her need for a friend, and I'm like, this guy's like the best friend ever. Like, I want this guy as a best friend. And he has like a supporting role in this. At no point is it his movie other than maybe a small – Uh, subplot with Pie Guy that we mentioned. (laughs) But he just owns every second he's in this movie. And I think of all the supporting actors out there that are nominated, he's hands down my favorite. I might go as far as, say, of all performances, period, that I've seen outside of Gary Oldman this year, it's maybe my favorite acting performance of the year. I just loved him in this movie.
0: Yeah, I, I loved him too. I mean, even though, you know, I would never trust my cat with him because, you know, he falls asleep <laughs> and stuff. But, um, yeah, I, 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 really, really, uh, appreciated his role as well. And I think it's kind of, you know, yeah, you want to, you want to be his friend. I want to, um, have what's his name from Get Out as my friend. So you can have, um, yeah. uh, Richard Jenkins and i I've gotten his name but I'll have the <laughs> other guy. Um, yeah, it's just it's it's just one of these kind of performances. It's not over the top, it's just kind of there. Um, you know, when he he does it so such, such well and you know, there's so many sort of parts of this film that kind of are just there. They feel a bit random, but it still works like, you know, for the characters like sort of his arc with the pie guy, you know. I mean, it kind of doesn't really serve a purpose except to kind of I guess explain a, a bit about, you know, who uh what's his name, Giles is um and outside of that there's there's nothing really there i mean does the pie thing really go any places you know we see a bunch of it in the fridge and all that sort of stuff and it's like okay fine they like key lime pie which is pretty darn good pie if i must be honest i've had key lime pie before um
1: and there's so many uneaten pieces of pie in this movie it made me (laughs) furious like eat the pie eat the pie
0: (laughs) eat the pie you know daniel day lewis would have eaten the pie in the phantom thread like come on you know like what are you doing um, but yeah, I, I mean, the one thing actually I was surprised, I'm just gonna go back to my Michael Shannon love, is that he wasn't nominated. Um, and he's, he's, he really has a face, he's like a Willem Dafoe face. It's just such a unique face. That just, you remember him. Cause like, oh yeah, you know, Willem Dafoe, oh yeah, Michael Shannon. Uh, so maybe there's only one room for the weird looking face guy who's great in an Academy Award each year, and Willem Dafoe got that nod this year. So, uh, Michael Shannon was enough room for that, that facial, Feature extraordinaire this year for him and Willem Dafoe.
1: Alright, so people who don't want the spoiled, let's tune out now because there's a couple things we have to talk about Colin's here.
0: been champing at the bit for so bloody long. He's like, oh my god, finally. Because did Jamie not see this movie with you? She still hasn't seen it. Oh, yeah. there's a shirtless I, I fish her- man. He's naked the whole movie. Yeah. Come on, he's got a good body.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, I'm sure she'll get around to watching it You know, once she finds out Doug Jones as a fish man is shirtless. <laughs> but uh, I had to hold that back from her for now, you know. Um, she's,
0: she's listening like, okay. now. It's like, oh what? What? Yeah. There's naked men, Ooh, in this? shirtless fishmen. Yes, Jamie. It's um, fun for everyone, and it says naked women. There's naked fishmen. I mean, God, I saw more boobs yeah. in this film than I have in all these other nominated films. So, like, <laughs> come on, I'm, I'm down.
1: Um, all right, so let's just get out of the way here. I mean, my complaint about this movie is that I feel like it really worked on the level of not just being about. You know, this this woman who needed a friend, but they set it up from the beginning that, you know, she's mute, she can't communicate properly, a lot of people can't understand her. And the idea that she was able to make this friend who kind of was on the same level with her, where she could teach him, and it wasn't like she everybody else is like, oh, let me translate for you. Like she was the 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 brains of this relationship or whatever. And I like the idea of her just kind of needing this creature as something to care for and to teach and all that. So when they go the direction of having not just a love story between this woman and this sea creature, but literally having them have sex on screen <laughs> in the shower, I was just like, "Why am I a? Why am I watching this? And B? Did this movie need to go that direction? I mean, what's your take on that?"
0: Well, just going back to my point about Free Willy, it's when Free Willy gets creepy. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean. <sighs> I sort of expected it just because I kind of was thinking something had to happen between them for your... Because like, you didn't tell me what to look out for. Um, yeah. And I think kind of it was slightly alluded to just in the bath scene at the beginning where she's obviously masturbating. So I kind of assumed that there was a slight bit of not only is she lonely from a friendship, like she obviously hasn't or doesn't really have that much of a, you know, a, a sex life. So I, I was assuming kind of there was that level to it somewhere. Um... But, yeah, I mean, I just kind of thought it was just unique, because, like, this is a, like, a fish-human hybrid thing, and then it's Mm. kind of, you know, obviously portrayed to have emotions and that, but, like, why do they have to portray it as automatically being, like, sexual? Like, because then it's trying to, like, take her clothes off. And then she's all like, no, and then next minute she's like, oh, fuck it. I'm going to, well, literally, she, like, takes her clothes off, and there she is. Um, Yeah, I mean, it, it really didn't add anything to it. Like... I see what the point was, but at the same time, could you just have removed that bit from the bath, removed this bit of her doing there and just make it kind of just like a, you know, two lonely souls having a friendship and then there you go. But I guess on the overall scheme of things of this being also ultimately a love story at the end when, you know, spoiler alert if we're still on them, she obviously ends up with gills and living in the water happily ever after. Uh, reminds me of the Simpsons episode, but it's like, Marge, kids, let's go under the sea, <laughs> under the sea. Yeah. It's like, Homer, oh every time something bad happens, we can't move under the sea. It's not going to happen. Not with that attitude, it's not. Uh, <laughs> There'll
1: be no frustrations, just friendly, friendly crustaceans under, under the sea. sea.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, when the Simpsons was good. But yeah, like, I see your point. Like, I mean, it doesn't, you know, it, it ultimately ends up being slightly creepy that she's basically fucking a fish. and it's, it's more just unnecessary because I feel like the movie really
1: did work without that. And I feel like it worked better. And even the end of the movie, which is the other problem that I sure hope people have tuned out at this point, if you don't (laughs) want the spoil, but, um, you know, he gets shot and I feel like there would have been a great ending here if he just sort of gets away, but to have her suddenly become a fish in the end with, not really a proper explanation and that it just like the problem I have with this is it's all about she's lonely and she didn't want to lose this thing, but by setting up this ending, she's leaving behind two very good for like the whole movie's about oh, I need this friend I I need this fish man to make love to me and impregnate me and turn me into a fish woman. She's got two great friends who she's just leaving behind and now where are Richard Jenkins and Octavia Spencer are gonna be without her like they don't have anybody else. So I kind of was disappointed that if the entire point of this movie was about her being lonely and, and these two creatures, people and creature needing each other, it's completely ignoring the other two characters who are fantastic, who have an incredible relationship with her.
0: And I, I'm just going to be completely you know nitpicky here and just you know think of the problems of this situation as well you know like i mean what are the policing where has she gone like are they charging you know giles and zelda with the murder because like you know she just richard
1: jenkins is going to jail yeah because he was the last person there's blood trails coming out of his apartment (laughs) you know he's he's apparently the one eating his cat i mean there's a lot of nasty things going down in that apartment now
0: And, and let's be legitimate here like how how does you know um eliza have a life Moving forward here, great. She's got gills, fantastic. But like, you know, at the end of the day, like, you know, she's, she's living with random fish man. Does he have random fish man friends? Do they, you know, have dinner parties together? Like, I mean, what does she eat? What if she doesn't like fish? You know, uh, what if a shark comes and eats cats. them? Yeah, she said there's no cats underwater. Yeah. <laughs> um, catfish, uh, <laughs> eggs. <laughs> she can't have her beloved eggs uh caviar perhaps i don't know but yeah i mean like it is it is kind of outlandish and weird like i mean we kind of get a bit of a you know foreshadowing when uh richard jenkins gets hair and his wounds gone um <laughs> but i mean does that really like has this thing got the ability to all of a sudden just create gills and like what could he could he have gone to michael shannon like here are your fingers back um mm-hmm. you know it's, it is it's just random in the way it sort of ends um So, yeah, I still think it would have been an effective way if like he had just gotten away, they shared, like, oh, bye, and then that's it, you know, so, a la Free Willy.
1: Yeah, exactly. They had to find a way to differentiate themselves from Free Willy, otherwise a lot of children would be confused, (laughs) very confused.
0: Where's the scene where the fish man jumps over him on the rock and he punches the air, (laughs) yeah! I mean, he jumps on her in this movie, like, repeatedly. Yes, Yes. Yeah. (laughs) again, Uh, the dark side of Free Willy. (laughs)
1: I will say just the fact that this movie kind of exists just slightly outside of reality. Like I mentioned in my original review, it's, to me, it's almost like dark Pleasantville. Like it's mm. it's nineteen early 1960s or whatever, but not a, none of it is really exactly the way the world was. It's kind of this fictionalized version. It's this dark fairy tale alternate universe version, you know, uh, that that's, looks very Pleasantville-like, but it's just so nasty and so deadly and... One thing I really want to compliment this movie for that Guillermo del Torre did so well, and I wish I could wrap my head around how he pulled this off, was that there are so many things going on in this movie. This movie is kind of just a fairy tale movie about girl meets beast. Um, it's a love story. It is a Cold War spy thriller. Uh, it's kind of a Cold War science movie. You've got the really nasty evil villain that, that kind of fits in the whole fairy tale thing. There's just so much going on here. And yet, at no point, even though the movie does jump all over the place, like like the escape scene that they have, where they break the the amphibian man out or whatever, like that's straight out like a great action movie. And then the movie will just suddenly calm down. And there'll be like a dancing, a singing and dancing scene between them. And none of it really feels like, none of it should fit together, but it all feels like the same movie. And I love that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And it it really kind of like, if you do break it down like that and kind of just all the elements to it, it's kind of, you know, interesting that, yeah, he can, you know, Del Toro can make that work in just one film. Um, because, you know, I really enjoyed like the sort of the spy side of things and kind of, you know, that, but it, it wasn't overbearing. It was just kind of there enough, but then it was also enough there that it was still tense as well um and then just yeah even just as i was saying before just like kind of like little random subplots of some of the characters which really you know again don't lead anywhere but they're still fascinating enough to watch it but it just it all connects so well together and obviously besides the uh you know the sex bit and the (laughs) the gill bit uh you know it, it kind of all yeah plays out plays out well together it's it's actually really interesting just kind of um, the one scene that I was, you know, me being me, I'm the Jamie of this uh, pairing. Um, is you know while we're on the spoilers, is the bit where Michael Shannon's character is with his wife, and like he's got his fingers or whatever, and the way she like pulls a boob out, like that's just weird. Like, I, like is that meant to be sexy? To me, it's like you know, it just reminds you of like a mother's like about to feed the baby because it's like I guess that's how they pull their breast out to breastfeed. Uh, so it's just such an awkward scene that it leads into the sex scene, and he's bleeding all over her. So, yeah, it's that was just strange.
1: Um, This movie got nominated for pretty much everything. I mean, 13 nominations, like, that's by far the most. And, yeah, a lot of them are in technical categories that I think y- you're not going to see Call Me By Your Name uh, nominated for Best Cinematography or Best makeup, hair design, or costume, as we mentioned in the last one. But, I mean, just going through these, I mean, picture, director, I've already said I think Guillermo del Toro is a lock. Uh, You know, we had, I think, three out of the last five years, a Mexican director win. The Oscars love this whole Mexican filmmaking style. And it's understandable that they're, like, if you look at, uh, um, I can't remember the guy's name, the guy who made uh, both Birdman and Revenant, and then um, Alfonso Cuaron, who made the um, Gravity movie. These guys just have this incredible way where you have these small, low-budget Mexican filmmakers, and then they get a big budget, and they just really make it work, and they make something completely unique. So I think he he is a lock for Best Director. Uh, Best Picture, it's probably the front run at this point, although the Oscars like to kind of split things up. Uh, Sally Hawkins is nominated for Best Actress. I don't know if she's going to win it, but I, I loved what she was able to do without speaking the movie. And normally, I think that's kind of just a gimmick thing where people like they they gave such a good performance and didn't speak. I mean, she really did give a great performance and didn't speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, Octavia Spencer for supporting actress. Richard Jenkins, he is my opinion, he has to win for um, a supporting actor. Original screenplay. Um, uh, what else we have here? Original score, sound editing, sound mixing, production design, cinematography uh costume design editing um the big ones any uh, the big (laughs) ones yeah like it's nominated for everything i think somehow it managed to get nominated for best foreign language film and (laughs) uh, i hear that there's a last minute pitch to get it for best documentary short subject yeah uh it's it's going to win it's going to win pretty much everything but uh any of these that you think that uh you know it's either a lock for or that
0: it could upset in just quickly, just, you you mentioned about the budget. I just realized that this was made on a smaller budget than the frickin' Phantom Thread. How was that possible? Are you kidding? No, this was, this was made on $19.5 million. Phantom Thread, $35 million. Oh, so
1: give him the Oscar now then.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I think director for sure. Um, I haven't yet seen. Um, three billboards yet. So, uh, out of the ones that I've seen, and this is just maybe because of the, the level of the uniqueness, is not necessarily my personal preference of what I would like to see. But I think kind of the ones I've seen, this one to me would be the front runner. Uh, and I've only got two more to watch as as to you. So I guess kind of you know we'll see how that goes. Um, I'd love to see Richard Jenkins win. I personally would rather see Willem Dafoe win it, just because, as a fan of Willem Dafoe. Um, you haven't so, seen
1: the movie, but he better win.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I'm just one of those people that is a fan of an actor. Like, I've not seen it. Like the year that Eddie Murphy uh, was up for Dreamgirls, I, oh, yeah. I wasn't gonna watch Dreamgirls, but um, I was so like, oh come on, Eddie, come on, Eddie, that would be so awesome. And I was still happy that uh, was it Alan Arkin that year, wasn't it for Little Miss Sunshine? Because well, I actually had seen that movie, so I, I enjoyed that. Um, yeah, I mean, I think kind of original screenplay, it's got a good chance. I mean, this is kind of now, obviously, we've talked a lot about this, uh, category. And, and again, uh, you know, I've just yet to see the three billboards. Um, so I think kind of it's unique although get out also has that about it too. So mm-hmm. I would say out of the ones that we've seen That's so far, top. I think, yeah, get out or shape of water to me would be in that one. Um, but I mean, you know, the glamorous categories of, you know, sound editing, sound mixing, production design, uh, cinematography, uh, yeah, I mean, look, you know, i I'm, I'm, I'm pfft, a lot of those ones, I mean, sound mixing to me and sound editing, I would love to see Baby Driver win, just because they were so unique, the way they worked in the music, in with the, the action and just everything that was happening, I don't know if you've seen Baby Driver yet, but, um, it was just... It was incredibly edited and just the sound was such a key part of that movie. So I would like to think that Baby Driver could try and win one of those just because that was so unique the way they did it. Um, and, you know, cinematography, like, yeah, I mean, I I, I think Dunkirk could possibly have it all over that one. I'm not too sure. I'm, what, what, Mudbound, I can't say I've ever seen Mudbound. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm surely going to pick up a couple. I mean, would, has any movie ever been nominated for 13 and never at least won one?
1: Gangs of New York came the closest, which I think got 10 nominations and didn't win anything. But, I mean, for 13, yeah, there's no way it's going to walk away empty-handed.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, Didn't one of the... Was it the first Lord of the Rings got, like, a bunch, but only won, like, a couple as well? I know it eventually made up for it in the Return of the King, but... um Mm Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, it's got to come by. I think, you know, because um, Del Toro's never won either, has he? He's never actually won a Best uh, Director one, so... No. I mean, personally, again, you know, of course, going to love to see Chris Nolan and get one. Uh, I think Jordan Peele was great. You know, I think it's not to take away from any of the others, but I think kind of, yeah, he, he will probably win it. Uh, unless, mm-hmm. you know, as we mentioned with Greta Gerwig, they kind of go for, you know, to go with the trend. But um, I think the only acting one I see it probably winning would be Richard Jenkins.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, anything else you want to add on *Shape of Water* that I missed here?
0: No, I mean just on the score quickly. I know I kind of was a bit mean on our fan oh, thread yeah. yesterday. I enjoyed it. It was kind of unique, and I like kind of just you know the the setting of this film obviously being in the early 60s and like just the music that kind of went along with it. You know, it just it really felt that you were in this era. So, I, I appreciated that. Is it Alexandra Desplat plus Pla? Desplat. Desplat. Yep. I knew it was French. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was an enjoyable score. It's, it's memorable. Uh, so, and I think that's kind of what I like when you watch a movie and you sort of remember the score, at least kind of how, you know, prominent it was and not boring like Phantom Thread. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think I'm. you've already bought it. I'm going to buy it too. Uh, it's just going to be an interesting case of where we rate this uh, after seven films.
1: Yeah, I mean, we've only got two left, and we did say we wanted to save this one for last just because it was the front-runner, but um, we, I just couldn't wait any longer to talk about <laughs> Sex with a Fishman, so we had to do it. <laughs> but uh, two movies left, and by default, three billboards, which I think is the other front-runner, is going to be our last one. Tomorrow uh, tomorrow's going to be Call Me By Your Name. Do you know anything about this other than you said it, it's the Italian gay love story? Uh, anything else you know about this movie or uh, any expectations going in?
0: All I think I know, it's an Italian gay love story and there's a scene with a peach uh, that apparently is quite memorable. Um, so, uh, thank you Honest Trailers Oscars Edition for enlightening me to look out for a peach scene. Um, yeah, I, I really, I, probably out of all of these films... Uh, it was uh, Phantom Thread and the and Call Me by Your Name that I knew nothing about. I mean, Phantom Thread, I think it was just, oh, that's the Daniel Day Lewis film. Yeah, Call Me by Your Name, probably just know absolutely nothing about. It. I remember when we like were looking these up to watch them. I actually had to read, like, what the hell is that? And I was like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. that sounds interesting. So, um, yeah, I mean, again, it's always good to go into a film blind. I think sometimes when I mean, you just don't know anything about it. So uh, I'm intrigued to see, uh, see what it's about, see you know the fuss, and uh, see the scene with the peach.
1: Yeah, and there's always that one movie that gets nominated for best picture that probably nobody heard about before, and it, it just gets the buzz going and gets the movie out there. I think this movie's, even though I don't think it has any shot of winning, it's definitely picking up a lot of steam and people are starting to to talk about it. Uh, I'm, I think what I'm not looking forward to it is Army Hammer. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you're a fan of Army Hammer, if you've even seen him in anything, but to me, he's one of these guys like Jai Courtney. Who Hollywood just keeps giving him these lead roles and it's just yeah, something about him just doesn't work. Maybe him doing kind of a small indie movie like this would be more suited for him, but I'm just, I'm not a huge Army Hammer fan. So I don't know, you know, how much I'm going to love him in this movie, but, uh, it'll be interesting to see this movie that neither of us probably, well, I know neither of us heard of it beforehand, but neither of us would have gone out of our way to see it. And that's one of the reasons I like watching all the best picture nominees because every once in a while you get a movie where you're like, I never would have watched this otherwise. But I absolutely love this movie, and that's kind of what happened to me last year with Hell or High Water, uh, which was with Chris Pine. Um, just an amazing movie, and I don't think I would have gone out of my way to watch it unless it was nominated for Best Picture. So we'll see how Call Me By Your Name goes tomorrow.
0: Uh, and it's, it's Ben. That's what you can call me. It's my name. Never mind. Move on.
1: <laughs> oh, the, the movie was about Ben? Well, that's Did you go to Italy? <laughs>
0: It's going back to our uh, 007 days when we, uh, you know, you know my name, Colin. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a joke that never died that I kept thinking was funny, but clearly died after the, the first, first time. Podcast,
1: but no, now I have to die on two separate shows.
0: <laughs> Download 007 via iTunes. <laughs>
1: uh, so that'll be it for us today. And then we'll Are you going to rank it? Are you going to rank
0: it? Where would you put oh, this out of seven yes, films?
1: I always tend to forget this, and I, I already uh, spoiled this um, on another episode, which you probably haven't heard yet, but I have more than once edited in my rankings in post-production because <laughs> so I realized afterwards I forgot to do it. Oh, the so magic thank- of
0: podcasting's been destroyed, Colin Hilding.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I already did rank this, and I don't think I'll change it. I said that when I finished posting that episode, I thought, uh, I probably should have rented this one, but... Oh, no, I'm I meant concerned- not
0: not that one. I'm talking about where would you rate it in terms of the seven films that we've watched so oh. far.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, good point. Okay, so we have... uh, Well, I am going to buy this again. Just thank you for interrupting.
0: You're welcome.
1: Um, And then, I mean, I I don't think I'm going to change Dunkirk as my number one. I don't think I'm going to change Get Out as my number two. I'd probably put this slightly higher than Darkest Hour. Even though Darkest Hour, I probably had less complaints about that. I think the things that really work in this movie just work so well that I'd put this third out of the seven we've watched
0: and I'm going to stay on the same page and say same for me. I mean, it's just our top two that are different. Uh, we didn't really do it yesterday. We both know Phantom Thread was on the bottom, so we didn't really need to go through all these yesterday. Yeah, um, yeah so I have Get Out first, Dunkirk second, and I'll have Shape of Water third. I agree. I think it's just ahead of Darkest Hour. But again, to take away from any of these other ones that are below it, I mean, every single one of these I have enjoyed, except for Phantom Thread. So, um, yeah, I, I would put this third on, on the list, but uh, I just still would... Uh, rank Get Out and Dunkirk just slightly higher
1: uh so now can we wrap it up do you mind? sorry
0: sorry I'll I'll be quiet now
1: (laughs) uh so Shape of Water done we got two more to go we'll be back tomorrow with Call Me By Your Name we'll find out is it gonna be the one that tops both of our lists or is it gonna be the movie that's worse than Phantom Thread you'll have to tune in tomorrow to find out uh my name is Colin and I love Key Lime Pie as much as Sex in the Shower
0: and my name is Ben. And get out! This is a family establishment. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.